every now and then people get a little depressed they get a little down and somehow or another they have a, they have the uh, the understanding or they the seeming understanding that if they get down a little bit if they get a little depressed something's wrong with them because they ain't got the joy in their heart they ain't got the joy in the spirit well we're going to talk about what happens when we get down and depressed and again well, let me rephrase that. We're going to talk about some people who got down and depressed. All right, let's open in prayer. Lord, as we get into it, it's a difficult subject, uh, varying degrees. Different people handle different things uh, different ways. Lord, as we go into this, I pray you would have what I'm trying to, to say speak to their hearts and their minds. And Lord, that they would hear from you that you are a God of love and mercy. That we do get down as humans. Not to stay there, but we do get down. We do get depressed. And sometimes we take our eyes off the cross. Father, we go into this, Lord. Help me help someone to understand it's okay. It's okay to get down, but it's not okay to stay down there. For we have a mighty God, a God who blesses, a God who stands beside us, who holds our hand, who lifts us up. We have so much to be thankful for, Lord. Help me to convey that thought tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's actually what we're going to talk about is not just that you can get down, but why we shouldn't be there for very long. It's a difficult subject, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions on anybody or clinical depression or any of that. I'm just trying to tell you how when you have those moments of doubt, who else was like that and how we can get up out of it, okay? So are you aware that several Old Testament figures were shown who have been depressed and discouraged. So many times when we're preaching, we, talk, we preach about the victories. We preach about the winnings. We preach about the blessings. We preach about the legacies. We, we often leave out the, uh, the fact where um, some of them were down. Some of them were depressed. They sinned, things like that. There are times they got down so low in the lives, or in their lives, in their emotions, in their tasks even, that they suffered depression. There are some who did some mighty works for God, and hours later, they're depressed. They're defeated. It's not, it's not just us that gets that way. Job. Job lost everything. Job even lost most of his health. He was covered in boils. There was nothing he could do that would make him comfortable, that would stop the pain, the irritation, the aggravation. He lost all of his kids, seven. He lost all of his flocks, every bit. He was a rich, rich man. And in a matter of a day, he lost absolutely everything. We know Job never doubted. He questioned, but he never doubted. Job was faithful in the temptation. But Job did get depressed. You say, well, it never says he got depressed. You lose all your kids, all your possessions, and your health in a two-day span, and let's see how up you stay in the situation. Job 3.1, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed his day, his birthday. And Job cursed his day, and Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said there is a man-child conceived. Tell me that's not depression. He says, let the day perish. The day that I was born, let it perish. That's depression. Elijah. Elijah had a mighty victory. He faced down a king and 850 false prophets called fire down from heaven. 
let's 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 do that again. He faced down a king. 850 false prophets called fire down from heaven, yet a queen threatens him, Jezebel. She says, I'm going to kill you. And he runs and hides scared for his life hours after calling down fire from heaven. Hours after having a mighty victory. And he's hiding in fear and depressed. 1 Kings 19.3 And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness came down, sat under the juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. Just had a mighty victory. Just called down fire from heaven, and he's praying for death. God, I've done enough. Why do I got to do more? You think you're the only one who gets depressed and down? You don't. You don't. You're not, or excuse me, you're not the only one. You're not alone. These were mighty men of God. They were true. They were faithful. They were given to us for an everlasting example. They faced depression just as we do. Now you're going to say, and, I, and I, I really want this point to be nailed home, okay? You're going to say, I'm not Job, nor am I Elijah. That's true. You are not Job, and you are not Elijah. But let me tell you something. Job and Elijah are not you either. They live their life. You live yours. They may not be as strong as you are. You never know. We know what the Bible tells us, but we don't know if they are us because I know I am a unique individual. You are a unique individual. You are not Job, but Job is not you. You understand what I'm trying to say there? We are unique. God loves us as much as he does them. Yeah, they're still alive, because that's why I said it does. You are unique as a born-again Christian. Listen to this. You are unique as a born-again Christian. You have the Spirit of God living in you. Whereas, they only have the priests of God to inquire of God for them. They had the Spirit come upon them, but they had to wait on the Lord. We have 24-7 personal access. You can get on your knees right now, and with the Spirit, you can pray to heaven today and be heard. They had to go, well, Elijah was a priest, but Job had to go through a priest. Job had to offer sacrifices. Job had to go through rituals. You get to talk to heaven anytime you want. They are not you. Do you understand? You are more blessed than they ever were. The New Testament also records people down and out. The disciples got down after the death and burial. These guys walked with the Son of God. They saw the dead raised to life, the blind restored to sight, the deaf hearing again, and demons cast out. In fact, they cast out the demons themselves. They did these, some of these miracles themselves. And they got down and they got depressed. The body of the master was gone. Christ died, was buried, put in the grave. First Sunday, the next Sunday, they went running to that. The body of the master is gone. The disciples were in a hiding in a room with the doors and windows shut, fearing the Jewish leadership 
because the body was gone. John 20, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. The disciples, they walked with Christ. They talked with Christ. They saw the miracles. They, they, they performed miracles of their own. Christ died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. They went and saw the empty grave, and they feared the Jewish leadership because they thought they were next. Guess what? They got depressed. They got down. They hid. Happens. We are not the only ones to face this kind of problem. So let's make a point closer today. Charles Haddon Spurgeon faced depression on a regular, regular basis. The deacons of his, of his church made him take a holiday every so often to refresh and renew his spirit. The prince of preachers was afflicted with depression. I faced several bouts of depression myself. I mean, every now and then we get up here. You stand up in front of people, you preach the gospel, you pour your heart out, you talk to them, you witness, you get no results. All the results you see, don't get me wrong, we, we have four, five, six hundred a week come alongside the writings, the preachings, the podcasts, the radio station, four, five, six hundred a week, it varies. One week of just uh, three weeks ago was 750. Don't get me wrong. But when you're sitting here and you're in a room by yourself, you're preaching to a camera, you're looking out, you're going... Am I making a difference? Is anybody listening? Is anybody affected by what I do? I know they are. I know they are. But sometimes up here, you get a little down. I'm the same way. The biggest one I have, and this is the biggest one that hits me every now and then. Am I even worthy to do this? You say, but but you, you touch lives. Okay. But that doesn't help me keep from doubting me and my insecurities, does it? No. I'm just like you. I get down and I get depressed. Just like everybody else. Hang on one second. There is depression. There is fear. There is doubt. There is questioning. The point of all this is to let you know that in these times, times of depression and doubt, you are not alone. Elijah, Job, Peter, even Paul at one point was ready to hang it up in a certain city. You are not alone in your struggles. Even the strongest of men, mighty men of God, have faced emotional distress. They have faced depression. Me, when I get down, I prefer to turn on the Southern Gospel. That's what I do. I turn on the Southern Gospel and I sing my way out of it. Sometimes it's bad, though. Sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes I struggle to get out of it, and occasionally I can't lift myself out. I have to rely on God, and he has always come through. Now, don't get me wrong. Singing the gospel songs, I've said it before, you can't be upset singing uh, Count Your Blessings. You can't be upset singing Victory in Jesus. But sometimes it takes a little more. Sometimes God has to send it along. And every now and then, God will send me a little pick-me-up. He does. 
Generally, I don't get this personal talking about me being down and whatnot, but tonight I feel somebody needs to hear it, so I am. We, in this day and age, have a lot to be depressed about. But we have a lot more to be hopeful, joyful, praiseful. I know that's not a word, yes. But we have more to be praiseful about in this life than they did back then. We have more access to the Word of God than anyone in history. We have the freedom to worship openly and freely. Even other countries today don't have that. We do. We have the Spirit. We have the Comforter within us. Gener uh, thousands of years before Christ, they didn't have that. They didn't have the access. They didn't have the ability to have a personal relationship with God like we did since the Garden. They had to go through a priest. They had to go through sacrifices. They had to have somebody else tell them what God was saying. We don't have to do that. We know what God says. He speaks to us. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the song. He speaks through the spirit. We have God's our ear. Always, they didn't have that back then. That is something we should be happy about. We also know that the most blessed face a lot of persecution from Satan. Yeah, I just said that. There was a couple weeks ago, we were we were really, really up. Things were really going our way. We were, we, were, we were moving, and we were getting lots of people coming along. We were getting lots of things going, and we were getting lots of promises. We were we were buying a house. We were doing this. We were doing that. And in, in a span of two and a half days, there was a death in the close family. Somebody hit my truck as I was driving home, just right into the side of me. Nothing I could have do. I could have stopped it. And in two days' time, we went from being so up to so very down. That's the way it goes. I know what it's like to be in those situations. We know that the most blessed, those of us who are most blessed by God, will face persecution. We know that those of us working for God will face persecution. Different than varying attacks upon us. Depression is one of Satan's tools. Now we are, but you know, we are aware of these attacks. We're aware of the temptations that will come, but we still fall prey to them. We do. We still have doubts. We still fall prey to depression. We still uh, fall prey to the temptations. We have doubts. We face depressions. We face uncertainty at times. Thankfully, we also have various ways out of this down and out time. We have tools at our at our disposal to lift the spirit that others have not had. We can go online, and now this is a big thing right here. We can go online with other believers. Online, with other believers. We can pick up a cell phone right now. Right now, I can pick up a cell phone and call someone, even the other side of the world, and have our spirit lifted. We have music at our fingertips. I can go right over there and play almost any song ever played. We have God dwelling in us that came to this earth and at all points was tempted as we are and can deliver from the temptation, the doubt, and the fear. They didn't have that before. You say he did not know the doubt, fear, and weakness I do. Jesus didn't know the doubt, fear, and weakness you did? He faced the devil in person. He faced the devil in person after not eating for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a weakness I've never had. 
he was facing the cruelest execution ever devised by man, and he was doing it utterly alone. Even God the Father turned his back on Jesus while he was on that cross, something he's never done to us. God has never turned his back on one of his children since. And he, we have gained so much more than the folks in the Bible. We should be praising and singing so much more than we do. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, the high priest, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, let us hold fast our profession of, of, of belief in him. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Go boldly before the throne of grace. Pray, sing, seek him, and he can respond to your issues personally. He can respond to your issues experientially. He will be there if you let him. You say, well, he didn't deal with people who couldn't understand what I was saying. Really? How many times did he look at the, the, the disciples and say, how can you not understand? Do you not yet get this? <laughs> he said that a lot. He looked at the scribes and Pharisees and says, how can you read the scriptures and not know what it says? <laughs> Go boldly before the throne of, throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. You already received the most mercy ever. When you called on the name of Jesus and God took away your sins and granted you a place in heaven, that was mercy. But yet when you cried out to him, when you call on him, when you pray to him, you can obtain mercy greater than the mercy we already received. That we might find grace, what grace? Grace greater than what we already received when he saved us. When you called on Jesus, when you accepted Jesus, you had mercy and grace. And now, you can pray again for more mercy and more grace. It's an endless supply, but you got to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And then you got to pray in the name of Jesus. Then all you got to do is ask for mercy and grace. Once again, God does it all. He tells you to bring your problems to him, and he will ease them. He ne he, God never says... He's going to remove all the problems. He never says that. He never says he's going to remove all the troubles. No, he wants you. He wants to give you grace and mercy to deal with those problems. He wants you to lean on him and to walk through that valley. Why would he do that? Why would he want you to go through these troubles? Why would he want you to go through these problems? That we might then be the mercy and grace that a brother might need. That's why. Job went through that, and he has been a shining example to all of us for thousands of years. Peter, shining example. Elijah, an example for us. The apostles, an example for us. They were an example for us. Maybe you're going through your trials, so you might be an example for somebody else. 
Once you go through your troubles and trials, once you get down, but not now. Once you get down, you can rise up and then you can be an example for somebody else. Somebody else gets down and depressed, you can lift them up. You can lead them out. You can show them how you got through it and that your God, the same as their God, is powerful. He is mighty. He is loving. And he will care and he will lift. God never, never promises a rosy, sunshiny, happy walk. He never ever said that. In fact, he said, be prepared to be prosecuted, to be persecuted, to be whatever you want to put in there. You will be troubled. He never promises a rosy, sunshiny, happy walk. He promises a friend who will go through him with us. He says a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Quite frankly, I appreciate the friend beside me so much more than the thought of never having a hardship. If we never had troubles, we would never know the good. If we had never had trouble, we wouldn't have to lean on God. If we never had trouble, we wouldn't have friends. We wouldn't need anybody else. We'd be in a happy state all the time. The trouble is given for a reason. Once we go through these issues, we can take that experience, that testimony, out to a friend or brother who needs our example. You I can be the answered prayer God sends to them. Could be. I told you the story of Jack Hiles in his study writing his resignation letter. A deacon shows up. He knows his pastor's in trouble because God put it on his heart. He went. They had an all-night prayer service. Jack Hiles stayed in that church. It may not seem like much, but you are being used by God to further his will, his work. You're going through this. You can't be the answer to someone's prayer. Once we go through these issues, we can take that experience, we can take that testimony to a friend or to a brother who needs our help. If that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what will. You get to be a blessing to somebody else. You get to lift somebody else up. Now, don't get me wrong. You're doing the work of God, yes. God gets all the glory and the credit. You get part of that. Just like when you tithe, you get part of that ministry. When you share the message that I'm doing right now, share the podcast, share the radio, share. Whenever you share anything that's God's work, you get part of it in your, uh, your treasure in heaven. Same with that. When you're a blessing to somebody else, you get a blessing in heaven. Sometimes they relate to here. Sometimes they carry over. But build up, uh, lay up yourselves treasures in heaven. That's what happens. When you go through something bad, you then get to be an example to somebody else. Somebody's watching as you're going through that trial and temptation, as you're going through that struggle. Somebody's watching in your testimony, your walk, your stand is showing somebody else, hey, it can be done. You're being an example. You're being a blessing. You're being a testimony. Job was a testimony, an example, and a blessing. Elijah was a blessing. You look now and you say, oh, I'm so down. I'm, I'm all alone. God says he never leaves you alone. We have Elijah there to prove that. It may not seem like much, but you can be going through this so that you might be an answer to somebody else's prayer. It's an exciting place to be in. It really, really is. Just as Job and Elijah, we can be a testimony for the ages. Let's see who we can bless rather than look at our troubles. Think about that. Instead of going, woe is me, we can stand up and go, how can I bless somebody to lift myself up out of this? 
Find a brother. Lift them up. Encourage, exhort, and defend the faith today. Yeah, I heard. Def- yeah, I said defend the faith. Because when you when you stand up in the trouble and the struggles, when you stand up and say, God's carrying me along. Somebody else is seeing that, and they're following your example. When you stand up and you say, I'm down, but God lifted me up, you're being an example. When somebody else gets down, and you can go to them, you can tell them how you were lifted up. You see a problem that you've been through, you can tell them how to get through it. It's like with kids. You can always tell them, hey, I was there, I know. Most of the time we know kids don't listen. That's not the point. Jonah and Elijah, everybody in the Bible, they went through what they went through, and they were given to us as a testimony. They weren't just a testimony of victories. They were a testimony of being down, but not out. They were a testimony of how to go through life, the good and the bad. They were a testimony of God's faithfulness, not theirs. Testimony of God's greatness, not theirs. That's what the Bible is. He gave us examples of men, flawed men. But he gave them to us to show us his faithfulness throughout the ages to man. And how all we got to do is call on him and he will be there for us just like he was for them. Even when the mighty men of God were sinning, he was there just like he will be for us. Even when the mighty men of God were depressed, he was there just like he will be for us. Those are the examples that we have been given. When you're in the hospital, you're down, you're out. Call on him. Say, Lord, I don't know. He'll be there. And then when you come out of that valley, find somebody else who might be down. Lift them up. Find a encouraging buddy. Send a, a note out of the blue. Ruth Little used to do that all the time. She used to send notes out of the blue. Do that. Pick somebody and just text them. Say, thinking of you, hoping you're having a great day. Be an encourager. Be an exhorter. Use what God has carried you through as a reason to lift somebody else up. We all need it. We all need help. We all need a uh, 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 hand up. We all need a shoulder to cry on. We all need to know that somebody else is out there saying, hey, you got this. Have a great day. Now, you may not have this. You very well may not. But that doesn't matter. They need a word of encouragement. Be the encourager. They need a, a word of exhortation. Be the exhorter. They need a prayer. Be the intercede, the intercessor. It's not about us. It's about him and showing his face to them. It doesn't mean we look at their sin and go, oh, you're fine. No, it means we say, I'll pray for you. Something I can lift you up in. When a brother's down and struggling with the faith, lift them up, just in, not just in prayer, but with a text, with a cup of coffee. Be an encouragement. You just might be the answer to somebody's prayer today. 